Produced by women about women, Powerful Women Let's Talk is a series of interviews with women who are trailblazers and have helped shape our world, transforming who we are and how we live. Well, with over 30 years in hospitality, marketing, events, and entertainment, Noelle Frost literally calls herself a professional troubleshooting cheerleader. (laughs) She's broken fundraising records, learned a new whole industry just in time for a pandemic. Plus, she's never eaten a Big Mac. So welcome to Powerful Woman. Let's talk. I know where we're having lunch. Hey, I'm with you. I guess guess today's the day. We're breaking the 50-some year record. And that's okay. Big Macs are good, but maybe we'll go for a salad instead. I would love that. Well, good that you are here uh, much that you do have on your resume and I'm gonna get right into the world of hospitality events when did you know that you were game for this profession oh about 20 minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) you know it really came about serendipitously big word to right there to kick off the interview I feel like, you know, the more you dive into entertainment, the more you dive into events, the more you dive into hospitality, they're really all tied together. It's about the show must go on. It's about making people feel comfortable and enjoying being in the moment and getting the most out of that moment, whether it's a social occasion or a corporate occasion. So I think really all of them are really tied together. And it really, you know, when I was in college, there were no there was no Johnson Center for Philanthropy, you know, a nonprofit work. There was no degree in event planning, um, you know, and things like that. So I really just kind of found my way through doing a lot of different independent projects and volunteering for stuff. And one thing just led to another. I'm picturing a little <laughs> Noel Frost, a seven-year-old, like uh, <laughs> gathering the family and giving the announcements. Was there any of that in you? Well, at seven, I wanted to be a veterinarian because okay. I was in love with animals. However, yes, I was definitely the kid um so we lived in florida at that time so we definitely had like the neighborhood kids that would always gather around Mm -hmm. at our house we'd invite them over to swim in the pool we were always doing you know fun things putting on little shows on the porch and stuff like that mini circuses with Mm -hmm. our dogs and cats you know you can still do that too i'm thinking about it educational journey what was it then yeah well my my official educational journey after high school uh, down in southwest Michigan go Lakeshore Lancers um, I came up to uh, Grand Rapids and went to Aquinas College uh, to study communications and public relations and most people thought I was a music major because I spent so much time there but I was really just involved with the performing groups because that was my true passion and love but I would say the majority of my education for events and hospitality and entertainment really came from living the life. And your first corporate job out of college, introducing a new form of entertainment. At the time, this is going to age me, (laughs) Shelly. So my first corporate job out of college, about um, six months or so after I graduated, I worked for a division of Thorn EMI, who at the time um, was a big record label owner and uh, owned a lot of entertainment ventures. And they were bringing a new concept to America and to corporate marketing, and it was called karaoke which means empty orchestra, most people now call it karaoke. And so, yeah, we were one of the first people to bring that to people, um, you know, far and wide here in America and how it was used uh, in corporate marketing and events was um, we had a contract with Pepsi and Ray Charles and the Ray Letts um, had a had a little uh, ditty, a little jingle. And we would take this jingle and this machinery and this music to conferences and trade shows and grocery store parking lots and <laughs> just all sorts of places that I it's it boggles my mind now when I think about it and we would literally do the jingle 
to show people how karaoke worked and then try and encourage people to get up and sing, you know, their favorite rock tune or country wow. tune or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. crazy. Yes. It's hard to believe that it's just become such a household thing now. But other careers have come your mm-hmm. way. Yes. Such as? Well, for over 11 years, I was a professional vocalist in Chicago. I was very lucky to be able to do that and live my dream of being a full-time singer and making a really good living at it. So I was the lead singer on the Odyssey cruise ship at at Navy Pier. Yep, I did over 2,500 cruises in my career. It doesn't leave a lot for your social life for most of the year, uh, but that's okay because I, like I said, I was I was very lucky to get to do that. Most people don't even, you know, get the chance to do something like that, even part time, let alone full time. Um, I met my husband there, who's also a full time musician, and we had a business together, and it was really great. But I did that after working for the corporate marketing company uh, that brought karaoke into town. They wanted to promote me, and but to do that, I had to move to another city. And the cities they were going to move me to, I just wasn't really that thrilled about. So I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And I quit my job, and I moved to Chicago not knowing a soul. And I auditioned for a band, and I interviewed for a job, and I got them. And I said, all right, well, it must be that I'm meant to be here. Two years, then I'll go to L.A., then I'll go to Boston, then I'll go to Denver, then I'll go to Miami. Like, two years everywhere. And 17 years later, I was still in Chicago. <laughs> So that was uh, that was that job. After that, I worked um, doing a lot of event planning and uh, actually corporate concierge work um, in the Loop in Chicago. And then uh, when we moved back, to, when I moved back to Michigan, my husband never lived in Michigan before I moved him here. You know, all sorts of jobs I've had here, which have been really great. Worked for the Grand Rapids Chamber, which was an excellent experience to re-ignite um, my familiarity with Grand Rapids because it had changed so much since I went to college here. Worked at my alma mater, Aquinas, for a little while. And then, of course, uh, the Alzheimer's Association before I ended up in my current job working from home as a field marketer uh, for an international tech company. Wow. (laughs) It's crazy. Life has not stopped for you. No. Let's stop here and talk about your fundraising part of you. You've broken records for bringing in dollars. What what drives you to work so hard to, to make this happen? I think it's really your passion for the cause, you know, the the two that, and, and they've both been broken since then, so uh, let's not, you know, go crazy with my accolades there, because I just love that, that's like the one thing that you can do and pull off that you really want to see broken, right, yeah, you know, true. like, Good not point. your timing in a marathon or a yeah. triathlon, <laughs> you want to see your fundraising, you know, records broken, because that means mm. good things are happening. So I would say, you know, when you can invest, um, when you can invest your time and passion and really follow that and, and cheerlead other people, you know, into that passion and finding other people that have that passion and really showing them how they're either their investment of time or their investment of treasure can really benefit others. Um, the one was uh, back when I was in Chicago, it was the Mutt Strut, so it was a big fundraiser for Chicago Canine Rescue, um, and we just had a wonderful time with that event. And then the other one was um, my Walk to End Alzheimer's, uh, my first full-time year here. We were happy to break some records with that. So when you hear the stories and they touch your heart, no matter what your passion is, how do you say no? You don't. You you have to get involved and you have to do it. You also had to protect your heart too. You know, you. I still am a very big advocate for animal rescue mm-hmm. and for uh, Alzheimer's research and the association. But sometimes, you know, after you've worked it and lived it 24-7, you got to kind of step back and be passionate about it in other ways. Hmm. 
Tell me about this voice of yours. Where did this come into play? You know, it was meant for many, it's a dream. You this, made it happen. Yeah, this loud voice. And yes, sing us a song. Oh, yeah, sure, okay. sure. So, uh, actually, both my parents were entertainers, believe it or not. My mom was a professional singer, and my dad was a professional comedian. I know people are going to be like, really? You could make a living doing that? Well, back then, they absolutely could. You know, they did the big resorts in the Catskill Mountains, and then they did the big cruise ships in the Caribbean, and then they. my mom was a singer in the U.S. So, you know, during during the Korean War, I mean, they just they did voiceovers for commercials. They just they really had a wide depth and breadth of how they use their talent. So for me and actually my brother, too, you know, we just kind of grew up in the house singing to records and singing to each other. And I don't say performing, but, you know, for each <laughs> other. But, you know, just really kind of having that extrovert mm-hmm. kind of personality, even though you might be an introvert, that mm-hmm. extrovert personality when you're a performer. Really, I was just so lucky when I went to college. You know, I was obviously very involved with theater and choirs and all that in high school. But when I went to college, again, like I mentioned, I wasn't a music major, but I wanted to keep involved with singing because it was just, I loved it so much. And I had an incredible, um, two incredible mentors. You've had Nancy Mm -hmm. Summers here on before, um, who is wonderful. And she was the chairperson of the music department. And then I had an incredible instructor named Steve Salinas um, from the vocal jazz ensemble there. And I just learned so much about being a, performer and uh, setting how to set up a music system and you know all sorts of stuff uh, let alone actually using your voice so and then just taking chances and auditioning for everything well and that's where I mean taking a risk tell tell that young listener who's listening now go ahead and take a risk oh absolutely and you know I have friends who are uh, teachers you know who um, direct vocal groups in high schools and middle schools you know run camps and things like that and every time I've been asked for advice that's what I say try everything audition for everything you get experience you you know you learn more about yourself what your strengths are what you need to work on but and and if you get something you don't have to take it you know but put yourself out there the the way I got my dream job was because on the ship was because I auditioned for another band and one of the guys that was running that band said you know, I know somebody who needs you. And he reached out to the director of entertainment for the cruise ships and said, you need to hire this girl. She's the one you're looking for. I mean, if I hadn't gone to that audition, who knows, right? So you just, you have to put yourself out there and, you know, for any kind of performer, you've been Mm -hmm. on stage, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. rejection is hard, you know, it's not an easy thing to put yourself out there. But the more you do it also, I think the easier it becomes. And and you just it's just such a wonderful way to learn about yourself and the more you do it you build your confidence and you don't even realize you're building your confidence just one day you're owning yes. it you know you do not have time for a big mac there we are other, other, <laughs> do not what about singing a national anthem where'd this happen oh my gosh well when i was at aquinas they were so great to me they used to invite me to all the sports uh programs there and and do that and then i got to sing at the graduation for the college which was amazing but um i really got to take on the big stage doing that because i got to sing the national anthem for the chicago white Sox twice uh, on their home field so yeah in front of thousands and thousands of people um and also at soldier field i got to do it once too so just really cool Mm. um really cool opportunities you just again taking a chance sending an email sending a demo of me singing in my chicago apartment acapella and they were like yeah come on down you know what's the worst they can do not reply to my email (laughs) 
and they did. Thank goodness. What about those puppies in your life you've had oh, from time puppies. to time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're huge into rescue. We're huge advocates for that. Um, but currently, right now, we never saw, saw ourselves having doodles. Um, but we actually have two doodles currently. Both rescues from a wonderful organization, Dasher, a sheep doodle who really had a, a terrible start to life, my poor little boy, and we're still working on him to um, trust people and actually be a dog. And then our beautiful uh, Layla, she's a golden doodle, and she was a puppy mill mama who mm-hmm. once they used her, you know, they just kind of cast her aside. So we're giving her a home to be able to be happy and just relax. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually have fostered 13 puppies, not all at the same time. Yeah, right. <laughs> And it sounds like none of them stayed home with you. You weren't a foster failed parent, but maybe you you raised them. I'd love to say okay. that, but okay, it, wasn't, it wasn't until well into the... We had gone through many um, before we actually did keep one. And that was Macy, our, our Black Lab mix. And uh, we had her mm-hmm. till she was 12 years old. We just lost her about a year. Uh, oh my gosh, COVID. What does it do to my timing? Mm-hmm. Right before COVID, mm-hmm. we lost her. And speaking of COVID, you actually did seek the current job we're in now during COVID? Actually, I didn't seek it. Um, A friend of mine, again, that Mm -hmm. I had met through performance uh, that I have known since I was 15, we've lived in totally different worlds. He's lived in the tech world um, and is a performer part-time, and I've done my work, you know, Mm -hmm. and we've just stayed really close friends. And one day out of the blue, he called me, not knowing that I was thinking about a change, and he said, I can't believe I haven't thought of you for this before what would you think of? And I was like, you're out of your mind. You want me to work for a tech company, work from home for a tech company and as a contractor? I'm like, no, this, this is the worst idea you've ever had. And the more he told me about the job, I was like, you know, I am looking for a change. I'd like to challenge myself and try this. And I thought, well, I'm a contractor at the time, you know, they're going to fire me in three months. Let's try it. You know, and here I am four years later, (laughs) full-time employee, uh, you know, really loving it and leading a lot of, um, you know, training a lot of Mm -hmm. other people that join us in the field marketing team there. Yep. Which leads me to, again, uh, the piece of advice. If you're asked or recommended by someone, take that as a, someone believes in me, perhaps I'll follow up. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? I mean, you invited me here today, mm-hmm. totally out of the blue, but I'm like, you know what, Shelly, who says no to Shelly? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, you know, you have the chance to share a story. You have the chance to share some wisdom. You have the chance to say, take a chance. Right. Um, and I think that's so important because so many of us, I think, especially women kind of look for permission to try new things or like we wait for the invitation all the time. And sometimes you just gotta be like, I want to try that. You know, I, why not? You know, I'll, I'll get through it somehow, some way. So I think that's really kind of an important thing that, and, and don't get me wrong. I still struggle with invitations, as you know, (laughs) I will sometimes be like, yeah, really? But, you know, things turn out great because you do take those chances. And and a lot of the, you know, quotations or mottos or things like that that people live by, I think those are the ones that I gravitate towards. Yeah. One more question when it comes to your entertainment. Okay, so I'm in the audience. Mm. How much does your audience matter? Because sometimes you you maybe. are you background music? Are you Mm -hmm. entertaining? Where, Mm -hmm. Where do you find your spots these days? Well, these days, um, you, and anywhere, anytime, honestly, for me, it's really about the audience. It's not about me. Um, there are people that want to that write their own music, that write their own lyrics, that you know are putting on a show and want to be famous. And I'm all about that. You know, if you have that talent, sadly, that is not my talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my talent is taking other people's music and performing it in a way that connects in the moment. So, if if my job is to set a cool vibe, you know, at a corporate event and just make people feel like you know 
know, the setting is right for whatever the company wants, that's my job. If my job is to bring a tear to the eye of the father and the father-daughter dance at a wedding, that's my job. You know, if I'm here to pack a dance floor and get people, you know, rocking and having a good time and forgetting about their day of work and just, you know, enjoy, that's my job. It's not about Noel the singer. It's about what's happening in front of me at this event um, or with this audience. That's my job when it comes to singing. Not everybody's job when they're performing, but that's my job. <laughs> well, this is all about you. And that first name. No, you a, a, a holiday baby? Oh, yes. Yeah, I was supposed to come January 3rd, I think. Um, and my mom looked at the doctor and said, uh-uh, this baby's coming in December. I just know it. And um, they didn't have a name picked out. My mom and dad were going between all sorts of names. And they were decorating the Christmas tree. And the first Noel came on. And my mom said, that's it. That's it. Wow. My dad said, you're crazy. It's coming in January. I arrived on December 20th, brought home on Christmas Day in a stocking, not a blanket. <laughs> well, you <laughs> and have here we are. entertainers for parents, right? For and sure. married into the last name Frost. Oh. So that's how I knew it was for sure. Ooh. <laughs> Leave us with a motto or something to get us up and going. You know, uh, following this conversation, I think the one that really resonates with me is following your heart will cost you, but not following your heart will be even more expensive. Ooh, prepared. <laughs> Noelle Frost. Yes, thank Shelley you Irwin. for Thank you for this time on our powerful. Oh, Woman thank Love you Talk. for having me. I'm humbled yep. to be here and yep. thrilled to be here. And happy holidays. Produced by women about women. These powerful podcasts focus on powerful women and how their strength transforms who we are and how we live. Want to hear more powerful women let's talk? Get additional interviews at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Powerful Women Let's Talk is produced by WGVU at the Meyer Public Broadcast Center at Grand Valley State University. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of WGVU, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University.